10, 9, 8, 7, 6, 5, 4, 3, 2, 1. Good evening, everybody. So tonight we are going to be talking teacher burnout and what would you do next? What would you add to Leanne's list for tonight's show? A rundown of my wonders and my ponders about education from the week. We know you're out there listening, guys, so please call in and text in. We'd love to know your thoughts on teacher burnout, something we've all been through. So hope you enjoy the show and thanks for listening. Hi everybody, welcome to your Thursday night show. I hope you're all well. It is nearly the weekend. We nearly made it to the weekend. Are you counting down till Christmas yet? How's your school been decorated for Christmas? Love to know what's going on in all your schools. Um, if you're listening live, welcome. If you are downloading and listening later on, welcome to the show as well. As always, I'd love to know where you're listening from and also uh, what your role is in education. So pop it in the chat. It would be lovely to know who we are chatting to today. So as usual, this is your weekly teacher therapy slot and your favourite staff room minus the hot drinks and the chocolates and biscuits. So uh, as I said in the introduction, we are going to be talking about teacher burnout today. Unfortunately, it's something that seems to be quite common amongst us at the moment. Um, it's just such a shame, really, because what a lovely profession we work in. And is, I wonder, like, is teacher burnout, is it a school-centred thing? Do you just have to be in the right school? Um, got some lovely people listening. So hi, Sobia. Hi, Zai. Um, in from last week, our lovely guest that spoke about self-care week and mental well-being. So we're going to touch on that a little bit later on in the show. Um, or is teacher burnout something that is just a bigger issue and something that needs to be changed in the whole education system? I do wonder, um, do you just have to be in the right school? Do you need the correct SLT with the correct mindset? Do you need a school where they have an ethos and they follow it to, to the T? So that is something I'm going to be talking about a little bit later on. Um, it's really important as well, I think, that we talk to other teachers. And I don't think we get the time for that very often nowadays, which is such a shame because we're all so busy, rushed off our feet. We're now thinking, oh my goodness, there, there's no way of having even a snow day anymore because <laughs> we, we have Google Classroom and we have Microsoft Teams. Um, sure, many other things that you guys have been using. So even with the poor children that are off with COVID, um, we've been sending Google Classroom work home, uh, which is amazing, you know, keep them in touch, keep them in contact with us and, you know, keep their brains ticking over while the poor little children are at home with COVID. But it just seems that it's kind of a never ending cycle, like, like a hamster wheel at the moment. So such an up and down profession. Um, Sobia mentioned that we need the right systems in place, but expectations have gone up. Yeah, definitely. Expectations have gone a little bit crazy recently. So what is it like in your school? I'd love to know. Um, I'm in a really lovely school at the moment, really supportive, but still it's such an up and down profession. And I've said this before, and I just think it's really 
I always notice it, you know, even though I'm in my classroom, I've got a really lovely assistant. Um, but still, you know, I think when you're teaching and you're at the front of the, of the classroom, you're thinking, well, the accountability is on me. Um, and it can be a really lonely place to be. So um, I was a bit down pre-break this morning. Um, Post-break was like up. So completely changed my mindset in, in, in about 15 minutes. So um, as I said something last week, which I thought was really interesting and I've never thought of it really. I've always thought, leave your issues at, at home and then come into school all smiley and everything. But I have definitely noticed it in reception. Reception is like a full-on Oscar-worthy performance every day. Get the children excited about all the activities in the room, get them excited about learning, and it is a full-on Oscar-worthy performance. So it's important that, you know, you don't just leave everything at home and you do bring it with you. And you, as I said last week, don't just leave it at the door because then it's still waiting for you at the end of the day. So I think that's a really important point just to, to bring with us in terms of burnout. We carry so much around with us the whole day. And we never have time to sit and just kind of talk about things. I, I remember somebody once said to me a while ago, so do have time to sit and chat with other teachers. And I just think, gosh, we, we don't really have that time just to kind of sit and uh, deflate almost. So um, we've got Zai saying, Miss T saying, I've been anti-sending work home for children with COVID. If they are ill, they should be recovering. If they are just isolating, I'll send something home. I totally agree with that. Um, if they are not feeling well, and much the same for us as teachers, you know, there's so much teacher guilt around. And I'm sure that adds to teacher burnout, the fact that there is so much teacher guilt. Um, and the fact that you you think, oh, I'd actually rather go into school than, than be off. There's so much of that going around and I've seen the comments so many times. So definitely, if the children are poorly, actually they need to just get better and they need to get stronger and they need to get well. And then they'd be, they'll be so excited to come back to school. Um, so I think it's like homework and work from home kind of activities. It really needs to be, you know, the right the right time for the children as well. Um, and also, as Sylvia said, when, when you're sick, setting cover is a mission as well. Yeah, I always worry about that. I think, gosh, I have a plan, but like, if I'm off sick, would the cover be simple? Would it be easy? What have I left behind? So, so much to talk about when it comes to, to burnout. Um, and I think talk is possibly the operative word there. So that's one of the things we're going to be talking about. Um, I guess also it all comes down to, to self-care, really. And uh, it's something that I know I'm not always that good at. Um, and I was thinking, as I was searching the contents of my, my school handbag, I do wonder, is a school handbag something that like teachers do? Is it something people in other professions do? Um, yeah, Dorian said, yes, it's more work to stay at home. And like, absolutely. And that is something I want to come on to a little bit later as well. Um, something I noticed on Twitter about stockbrokers and working from home. But teacher friends, I will come on to that a little bit later. And I wondered... Is my school bag the only, like, is it like a, it's like a Mary Poppins bag? Um, and I like to be prepared for every eventuality. But like, wow, there's a lot of like random stuff in my handbag at the moment. Um, and I'm thinking, is that a bit of part of my self-care that I like to know I'm prepared for any eventuality in the school day, in my way home from work, in say, if I like going to the shops, I don't know. But that's, that I think is a bit part of my self-care. So, um... Zai last week spoke about the many different types of, of care and I think, I don't know whether I got all of them, maybe she can correct me, she is listening in so we're very lucky to have her in again. Um, mental, 
self-care, social self-care and spiritual self-care. Um, and we've got Sobia saying, I have a wheelie laptop bag to carry marking. I need to get a self-care bag instead. I love that. A self-care bag instead. Absolutely. I mean, I have a work bag and then I have a few weekend bags. So like I said, like, oh, is it is that a teaching profession type of thing? You know, I have my massive, like, massive handbag for school. So I can put my laptop in and my notebook and whatever else is lurking at the bottom of my handbag, I dread to think. Um, but... Definitely a self-care bag is absolutely a good idea. Even uh, people say sometimes a self-care bag that you even take with you to school. Um, so I actually have my, my big fancy headphones on my desk at school. So sometimes, you know, if I'm sticking things in or something that I don't really need to think so much about, I can just zone out a little bit with my headphones in. Even sometimes don't put music on. I just think sometimes we need a bit of time to, to zone out as teachers. So um that is that's my little snippet about self-care um and as promised leanne's list you know i love a bit of alliteration so there's just a few things that i wrote down on my list i'm um, gonna go into a bit more detail later but just a few things that i thought about um i definitely think about snack time quite a lot much like the children do um and then i was thinking about like lesson memories because you know we are teachers and I have a lot of memories from lessons from even when I was in high school, primary school. Um, do you have lesson memories that you've copied the lesson actually that you were in many years ago? And this is the one I was talking about just recently. Um, Stockbrokers in the city. Apparently, one company has decided to give unlimited paid leave to stockbrokers. So that is some definitely very good self-care. I'm not sure that would work with teachers. You might never see us. Um, my next point on my list, and I think it links quite nicely to Nick, who I'm going to have on um, a little bit later on in the show, is, is school different now to when you were in primary school to when you were in high school? And the thing that stands out to me the most when I ask that question is the English curriculum and the writing curriculum and, and how we do writing in school. Now, from a year six standpoint and from a primary standpoint, I know we spend a lot of time planning writing, putting in the work for the grammar and then I wonder when I was in primary school I don't believe we did that I don't know about anyone listening in in the studio but I think I had a creative writing book and every week the creative writing book would be given to us and then we would just write a story and I, I really do believe I think it was freehand it was being creative, it was like not bogged down by lists and lists of grammar and uninspiring grammar and word mats full of words that the children have probably never heard. So that's a, that's a big question for today's show. Is school a bit different? Um, Sobia said, yes, I feel as a student I had more accountability. Don't remember teachers being held to account that much. Yeah, absolutely. That's definitely changed a list, uh, from since when we were children. Um, I also wonder if it's it's the, the P word, parents. Have, have parents changed a little bit as well? I'm not so sure. Um, last week we spoke about useless teacher phrases and it was a big, big post on Twitter. So I have a couple extra that I thought I'd add into the mix. I also, I've always wondered about this in comparison to other industries. And that topic is changing year groups and leading subjects, primary, high school, further education. I feel like we change jobs a lot even though we are always teachers I do feel like we move around jobs quite a bit move around subjects a lot in primary school move around year groups quite a lot um, and that's just something that I wanted to talk about 
the next thing on my list is hair yes hair people because I've worked with a lot of teachers and I myself have quite long hair and a lot of my colleagues just have their hair down lovely really nice really long and I don't know what it is but when I get to school, if my hair is down and I think, oh, it looks so lovely, literally five, ten minutes I'm in the door, it's up in a ponytail. I just don't know what it is, but I can't think at school when my hair is down. It's the weirdest thing I know. It's a really strange comment to make. So I, I did ask on one of the teacher Facebook groups a, a hair question. Weird, I know it is, but just wondering, can you work with your hair down or is it always up? Um, I guess knits is a bit of a bit of part of that question as well. So um, that is the penultimate item on my on my list for this evening. And the last item, which is is magpied from somebody else, and um, it's called "Don't Stop Me Now." And I borrowed it from the Museums Association. And it's just about thinking about your career and what excites you about working in education, which part of education really gets you excited, really inspires you, which I think is a really interesting question for our show for today. So um, that is that is a bit uh, borrowed from another organisation. And another one which is also quite an interesting question from uh, Museums Association is, um, what is the biggest barrier facing you in your career right now? Um, and there's so many different parts of education and so many avenues to go down that sometimes there are hurdles. Is it the school you're in? Is it your SLT? Is it the barriers we put in for ourselves as teachers? I know I've spoken about this before um, in that it is such a reflective profession and almost too reflective. So I think to myself, am I my biggest barrier sometimes? So um, lots of stuff to talk about and lots of stuff um, linked to self-care. So um, on that note, I'm going to give a little bit of an introduction for my guest today, um, who we finally got onto the show. We had a bit of a life got in the way, I would say. So um, we've got Nick on this evening and that's why we're talking teacher burnout. Nick's got a great story about it. And Nick started uh, teaching 27 years ago as an English teacher, so a really long time ago. I'm sure he's got some great stories. And then zooming forward many, many years, I think it's in recent times, uh, we seem to have seen changes in teaching. So we're going to be talking a little bit about that, the changes that we've seen in teaching. So before I get Nick on, I am just gonna give you a little break from hearing my voice um, and just go to a little ad break and we'll be back afterwards with Nick. Need support with your phonics teaching? Did you know Oxford University Press now has three DfE-validated programmes to help you? Read Write Ink Phonics, Floppies Phonics, and the brand new Essential Letters and Sounds. Essential Letters and Sounds will get all your children reading well, quickly, using phonics books you may already have in your classroom. Developed by the Knowledge Schools Trust English Hub, it's affordable, easy to use and makes teaching phonics with letters and sounds more effective. Whatever your school's phonics needs, Oxford has the solution. To find out more and receive support from your expert local educational consultant, visit oxfordprimary.com forward slash phonics. And just just thinking, the, phon the, the phonics and the advert, and I'm in, I'm in reception, so part of teacher burnout I think especially in primary and also I guess high school is that so much of what we do is geared towards the exams and getting children prepared for that and I find that just to be one of the most stressful areas of being a teacher 
um, which is why I'm hoping to kind of stay away from those year groups now where there's statutory assessments. So um, that I think that's part of the stress of teaching as well. So I'm going to unmute Nick and hopefully we can hear him. Nick, can you hear me? Hello. Hiya, how are hello, you? Hello, hello. Thanks for very thanks very much for inviting me on. It's it's great that's to right. hear you. That's all right. Nice to hear your voice. It's always it's always a relief when the technology works. <laughs> yeah, I bet, I bet. Yeah, same for me as well. Same for me. <laughs> so I guess I kind of um, I always think teaching and teachers have a story. So uh, and you you definitely have one. So I guess would you mind if we go back to the beginning and talk about like what made you want to be a teacher in the first place? Um, yeah. So so basically. I've basically given up teaching full time now after 27 years. So I, mm -hmm. um, I, and I basically had to go off sick back in May. Um, that was my second time off long term sick due to anxiety, stress, and ultimately depression. Um, and I, 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 I got to the point where I thought, you know, I've just, I've just had enough. I can't mm -hmm. do this anymore. And I. But I didn't want my career to sort of peter out. I wanted to to um, to try and end, end it with a well, maybe not a bang, but with hmm. with something other than mm -hmm. just just going off sick. So I used the last half term of the last academic year to to write my my story in a way. Um, mm -hmm. I've called it the diary of a wimpy teacher. Yeah. Um, slightly ironic because you know part of me thinks that I'm. Part of me thought I was being a bit wimpy, you know, what's wrong with me? Why can't I carry on? I've, I've done mm -hmm. it for so many years. Mm -hmm. um, and yet just something, it's just got to the point where I, not only can't, not only can I not do it, but frankly, I'm not sure I want to do it anymore. Not, yeah. in, not, not in the That's... same way, not in the same way that it, that it that not, not in the same way as the education system is now anyway. Mm. Um but yeah, things have changed so much. As I say, I started teaching back in 1994. Mm -hmm. um, I trained. Wow. I trained between 94 and 95. Mm -hmm. um, got my first job in 1995, um, <laughs> and just I'm just looking at a chapter now, just to see just how how different it was back then. Now, it's interesting because, like, I mean, I was in primary school then, and I don't know if you heard at the beginning, but I don't remember English being taught no, the way it is now no. it was I, I, I was thinking just, that I, when, yeah. when you said that I was thinking I don't know whether or not I'd, I'd have become an English teacher yes if mm -hmm. if I'd have had those sorts of lessons the, the mm -hmm. sort of stuff that you know for the last few years I've we've not just me but any English teacher has had to teach it's been mm -hmm. I've just found it fairly uninspiring um fairly dull fairly Fairly sort of robot-like, and we're, yeah. I don't know the, the 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 beauty and the the, the creativity that a piece of, that a piece of literature can bring and the enjoyment that it can bring. Mm. Um, I don't know. We sort of pick it apart so much to the point where we've we've taken all the life out of it. Um, yeah, I think that's and, a really that word creativity yeah, in terms of the yeah. English curriculum. Like, do you, do you think that's what inspired you into English teaching the first, at the very beginning? I guess absolutely, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. My my GCSE English teacher was someone who made me want to carry on and do English wow. at, English at A level, mm -hmm. um, and then my English A level teacher was was again a huge influence. Made me realise that you know I was doing three A levels um, and within a few weeks the other two a levels that i was doing became um 
just two other subjects that I was doing, whereas English mm. literature was because because of the fun that we could have in the lessons, because of the enjoyment, because of the, as I say, just the the relaxed nature of the of the lessons. We could mm. dis, we could discuss, we could mm-hmm. chat, we could mm-hmm. laugh. There wasn't there didn't seem to be, um, you know, there wasn't any targets to meet or mm. learning objectives to meet every lesson. <laughs> we, we could just enjoy. The, the stories enjoy the books and I, I love that word discuss and I think because I don't know what you think but because time seems to be like the one of the biggest constraints it's almost like discussion in English has kind of gone out the window yeah um, absolutely yeah and I I love whole class guided reading and even like small group guided reading because I feel like it's the only time you get to talk to the children yeah. about the work, Absolutely. You know? Again, I, I've mentioned so many times in my in my book about how some of the best lessons I've ever taught mm. were, were I didn't use a PowerPoint, I didn't use a board. <laughs> yeah, I, we just yeah. got the book out and we read it and we stopped and we chatted mm. and we discussed yeah. what might happen and what the characters were like. Mm. And sometimes the kids didn't write a single thing in their yeah. books, or mm-hmm. they didn't even annotate, and yet. I would say that they came that, that they enjoyed that lesson they were they were they were keen to come to the next lesson mm. they were, you know they so wanted to know what was going to happen in the book next yeah. but I don't know that's that's sort of what got to me it's like all right, I can't do that anymore I have to mm-hmm. stop after 10 yeah. minutes and then yes. we have to, then we have to do a task and then we have mm-hmm. to do this and then we have to peer market and then we have to yeah mm-hmm. um you know i'm i'm now back on supply i've i've um well not back on supply i'm now on supply i've mm. i've give, i've and today i was just reading a book and the the work i was left was it, it just said um read as much as you can uh, with with the class and yeah. that that was absolutely fine. I loved it. Yeah, it was great. <laughs> yeah. It was great. It was like I it was like I went back twenty back years. years. Yeah, yeah, and it was great. We could, as I say, we could just sit and chat, and I, I could ask them leading questions to try and get them yeah. to think about books in the in a certain way, or why would the character ask that sort of thing, and what does that suggest about um, mm. a certain character? But as I say, it's just it's changed so much. Um, just things like the technology. Um, I, I'll just read a little extract from my um, mm-hmm. from my book. I'm just trying to find the one I'm looking for. Um, just, just while you're looking, we had a question from Sobia. Said, "Do you feel that students know now know less, but know how to pass exams?" Absolutely, yeah. That's exactly yeah. that's exactly my point. A lot yeah. of a lot of the kids at GCSE level don't actually read the full text. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. But, yes, but, but they are literally trained to just answer the exam type question. You know, they have to look at an extract, and so they can they can analyze the extract again almost robotically. But mm. do they know the the whole story? Do do they get enjoyment out of it, or mm. are they simply reading it because it will help them pass their exam? So um, it's definitely changed. I think that's a big question. Do they get enjoyment from text? Um, as I say, so some kids will always enjoy a text. Yes, but, yeah. But I could, I've seen it before where you, you see kids who are loving the book and they're, they're so involved in it and they just want to carry on reading it. And then they start, when we have to stop and do a little task or um, they sort of groan and roll their eyes and, you know, as if to say, can't we just carry on, sir? Can't we just... 
can't we just carry on reading? We're, we're loving it. But mm. it's so frustrating because I can't, I, 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 sorry, I've got to do this. We've got to yeah. do this part of the lesson. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, it's, it's, it's quite frustrating, I think, which is why I eventually thought, you know what, I, yeah. I, I'm, I'm not sure yeah. I want to do this anymore because if I'm not, if I'm not enthusiastic and inspired by mm. the mm-hmm. stuff, you know, the, the topics and the, 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 uh, the materials I have to teach, mm. I think it's going to be difficult for me to, yeah. to try yeah. and enthuse the kids as well. Yeah. Um, but yeah, this 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 extract shows just mm. how far, yeah. just how just how old I am. First of all, <laughs> you know, I'm getting towards my fifties now. Right. Um, I've done it ever since I left. You know, I went straight from school, straight to university, trained as a teacher, and then straight back into school. So, wow. I've, I've known nothing else. Um, mm. But yeah, just this extract here tells cool. you just how how different it was. So. Uh, when I first started teaching, many of the classrooms I taught in had a blackboard. Yeah. With the changeover to the frankly cleaner and less messy whiteboards just starting to come in. Mm-hmm. So instead of getting chalk all over my fingers, in my bag, and ultimately all over my suit, the height of technology back then was getting different coloured board marker pens. And do you know what? The lack of technology never did me any harm. In mm-hmm. fact, I would say that the complete reliance on technology for many teachers now, in particular the younger ones who have never known anything else, is actually detrimental to their overall skills as a teacher. Mm. Um, um, So in the first 10 to 15 years of my career, there were simply no such things as computers in our classrooms. Mm -hmm. The internet was never used in lessons, and if you wanted to show a clip from a film or a TV program or some other such media, then you had to wheel the TV and video... You remember those days when the, uh, oh, yes. <laughs> the and and the the class would all cheer when the the, the trolley would yeah. be rolled in, um, <laughs> much much to the delight of the class. If, mm-hmm. for example, I was showing a range of film clips to help a class create their own monster or something, developing their imaginative and descriptive writing, I would have to find each clip on the videotape. Now, this is pre obviously this is pre DVDs even as well. Mm-hmm. Um, so I remember many lessons such as these where I would have to carefully find the clips the night before and then bring a very bulky bag full of cumbersome and quite heavy videotapes into school and mm-hmm. carry them in between lessons to wherever I wanted to use them. Uh, there were pros and cons to all this. It meant that I didn't have to keep waiting for the DVD menu to load and then skip to the clip by the menu, and neither did I have to rely on a frankly quite dodgy internet connection so I could stream the clips. <laughs> yeah. the, uh, I could quickly take one, one tape out, slot another one in, which is already at exactly the right place, and then repeat the process. If we were watching a film, uh, we, which would run over into the following lesson, I would simply put the tape back in, and voila, the film would resume from exactly the same place as we'd left it, without having to wait or find it again. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think we've probably all experienced something like, uh, as I'm about to explain now, mm. find it. Um, uh, d- 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 sorry. Are you, are you yeah, able so, to, to go on? Yeah, go on. So my point is proved on those odd days, in both senses of the word, which every teacher now seems to dread when the system has gone down. When such an occurrence happens, the whole school <laughs> seems to go into a collective panic. Mm-hmm. Most teachers not having a clue what to do without being able to access their, without being able to access their digital resources. Mm-hmm. I don't mind so much as I have had experience of having no technology, no network, no system to fail in the first place and quite, can quite easily teach how I used to teach, with a good old whiteboard and some coloured pens. 
Mm-hmm. But I can't even do that now either, as my whiteboard or plasma screen also now, now <laughs> requires an internet connection. Yeah, yeah. Um, and the fact is, I was never, uh, again, another little uh, extra, I was never taught how to even create a PowerPoint or how mm. to use a spreadsheet or even how to make sure I could even write on my shiny new interactive whiteboard. Um, I, come, I come from a time when an overhead projector would yeah, acetate I had sheets that. which could yeah. be written on and then wiped off was considered high tech. So not only now is my trusty old whiteboard gone, making my proud collection of coloured marker pens redundant, but I have mm. absolutely no idea how to make this interactive whiteboard be interactive at all. <laughs> no one's told me how to use the thing, which I never even asked for in the first place. So it's just, as I say, it's, it just seems as though technology has become the be-all and end-all. And mm-hmm. there was a way of teaching people before this happened. Um, can, I, can I ask you to take us back 27 years, maybe, and tell us uh, what, what, were the, what were those days like back then um, as a teacher? Again, I th- there was much more creativity. There was much yeah. more um, freedom. The, the schemes of work that we had to teach, that you couldn't really call them schemes of work. They were, you know, you had to get to a, an end point. Um, there had to be some sort of assessment, but it, you could do it how you wanted to do it. Now, literally, lessons are prescribed. You know, mm. we, I'm, it's almost like my, my, job's, my job used to be anyway. My job used to be, teaching somebody else's powerpoint that they've given to me and mm-hmm. it has to be done that way or um and if it's something that i don't feel you know it doesn't work for me i have to kind of bend to the powerpoint rather than the powerpoint bending to me yeah. um it's you know it's the the tail wagging the dog rather than the other mm-hmm. way around mm-hmm. um but yeah it was so i i absolutely loved teaching when i first joined um yeah. it was the job which i was meant to do it was, it really? was my vocation it was my you know i i couldn't believe that anyone would want to do any other job teaching was wonderful mm-hmm. um and it was like that for probably you know the first 20 years of my career but it's only seems yeah. to be in the last yeah five ten years that it's just become as i say prescriptive um almost robot-like the the kids are almost sort of robots being trained to um being trained to answer the the certain type of exam questions and our teaching has to become almost um almost robot-like as well so um as i say it just got to the point where i thought "Ah, this isn't for me anymore and it's such a shame because you know there's there must be thousands of teachers like me who mm. loved their job? Who've who've loved their job all their lives, and then it's it feels like some sort of nineteen um, fifties B movie, the invasion of the body snatchers. It's like <laughs> where where's my job gone? Where's my where's the thing that mm. everything that I used to um, be able to rely on? It just felt that's that's part of that's part of why I had to leave because it just felt like the the rug had been pulled from under my feet and. Everything that I used to see as a strength mm-hmm. is now seen almost as a weakness. You know, my yeah, the fact that I could just stop a lesson and just have a chat with the kids. Mm. Um, it's but there's no time to do that anymore. You've got to get to a certain point by a certain lesson, and then because if you don't get to that point, that's going to affect the next week's lessons and that sort of thing. There's, it's mm. just so frantic and hectic 
and I'm just not sure it's good for not only teachers' mental health but students' mental health as well. Surely, surely the um, the stresses and the strains that we that we're under, we can't mm-hmm. help but but sort of put those stresses and strains onto the kids as well. Um, I think that's interesting that like you said have a chat with the kids. And, you know, we talk about, like, teacher mental health and teacher self-care, but do you think through the changes in the education system and the new pressures that we have, we're teaching different children now as well? Yeah, and, and, yeah. and, I, think, and I think that they've got... I think it's much harder to be a, a, a student mm. these days. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know. There's a certain innocence that's gone from the kids these days, and yeah. and quite often I would... You know, not that I'd, I'd end my lesson early, but whilst they were all packing up and getting ready to go to the next lesson, I'd, I'd have a chat and they'd, they'd feel very happy to come up and have a chat with me at the end of the lesson. But they, I don't know, the powers that be would see that as, as dead yes. time now. It's, yeah. No, you're not allowed to do that. That's, that's two minutes of their learning wasted. But is yeah. it wasted? Just no. you know, schools aren't just about teaching; they're about forming relationships with kids and mm-hmm. nurturing them, and showing an interest in them as mm-hmm. as people, and mm-hmm. not just as some sort of data that's going to get some another type of data, which will then go down uh, on another spreadsheet, which will then go and be become more data somewhere else you know these kids are mm. human beings who, mm-hmm. who have got feelings who have got um you know they've got ambitions and that but as i say we just don't seem to have the time to just find a little bit out about them and just chat yeah. with them and and, yeah. and and get to know them in a in a not even a teacher student way i'm not i'm not, I'm not saying that we should be friends with the t- with the kids but yeah. we can we can chat in a cool. friendly yeah. way and yeah. uh, um, it's about forming say, relationships, isn't it? They're all, yeah, they're all so keen to... Mm. They, they, they know they've got to get to the next lesson because the silent yeah. start is on the board already waiting for them. And, yeah. Um, Do you say, think... Was, um, I know you've always done English, um, and I wonder, because from a primary school perspective, it's a bit similar with the text choice, but has um, text choice changed a little bit um, since you've taught? Is it more prescriptive now than it possibly was at oh, the beginning? A- a- absolutely, absolutely. Yeah. And um, since Mr Gove came in... Um, <laughs> yeah, I'm, not, I'm not sure we're allowed to say his name on the show, Nick. Sorry, sorry. Since, <laughs> since, <laughs> since a certain Tory minister yeah. came in and... Um, in his wisdom, thought that the best things to to uh, to use were British, you know, to, as part of the British canon. So, whereas we used to be able to teach To Kill a Mockingbird and Of Mice and Men at GCSE, mm-hmm. now Of Mice and Men is a book that every student who reads it will remember. I remember um, doing it. Yeah, yeah. It, it, mm-hmm. you anyone who's read it remembers George and Lenny, and yeah. they, they remember mm-hmm. it with with great affection. But yeah. because it's not British, it's not deemed worthy enough to be part of the GCSE syllabus anymore. So it sort of gets bumped down to Year Nine. Um, but again, it's it's becoming sort of forgotten about. But the the kids used to love. I I love teaching it. The kids used to love. Uh, reading the story and no disrespect to um, Robert Louis Stevenson but I don't think it's I don't think the strange case of Dr Jekyll and Mr Hyde has the same uh, the same impact as as of Mice and Men or something but 
Um, but again, it, it just feels as though we had more choice. We could we could choose if if we had a lower ability set, we could choose a different sort of text. Mm. Um, nowadays, you know, I was for the last year of my career, I was we were I had a very weak year ten set and. I was being forced to teach, as I say, a 19th century novel, which a lot of very, very good readers these days would find difficult. And I could see the, it, I could see the frustration in the kids' eyes. They just didn't understand it. Now, maybe that was because I wasn't teaching it right or, or whatever, but some of the language is really quite difficult. Some of the phrases are really quite archaic and obsolete now. Um, and as I say, I'm not sure that I would have um, fallen in love with literature and my subject in the same way uh, as if I was being taught it now. Um, yeah, certain books that I know have worked well over the years and I knew how to teach them, I knew how to get the best out of them and the best out of the kids. But again, they've just been deemed not worthy enough now. So suddenly we all have to... Um, start creating new schemes of work for texts which frankly are quite inaccessible to some kids mm. um, so yeah it's just uh, it's just frustrating now I don't, I don't want you to think that my book's just a, a big moan um, <laughs> there is there is lots of um, there's lots of reflection there's lots of me looking back on a, um, on time but it's also a celebration of teaching and what it used to be what it Mm. might still be and it what, be. It, what, yeah. what it hopefully could be again i don't know yeah. i don't know I, I we've actually had um harriet messaging and said uh she's thoroughly enjoyed reading your book um most most of the way through and um she's actually i think an early careers teacher right yep um said was just wondering if you had any predictions for what the education system will look like in five to ten years yeah i'm just um, reading the message now yeah. uh, well, thank you very much harriet for, for <laughs> first of all buying the book and reading it um hope you're enjoying it um yeah so i was just wondering if you had any predictions for what the edge mm. in five to ten years time <laughs> well um it it may come full full circle i don't i don't yeah. know i don't know whether the, i wonder the, that the the you know the recruitment crisis and the retention crisis it may well get to the point where teachers like me with experience with you know years and decades of experience they may well try and in, welcome us back hmm. um I've, I've i have found that over the course of my career things go in cycles so hmm, absolutely so, i agree yeah, so yeah. so thick hmm. so so what so what what worked, you know, in one year, then it it all comes around again, and they really, you know, we, we've had so many different initiatives and changes, mm. and I'm I've, I'm sure I've sat in staff in staff meetings where I've been like, hang on, isn't this exactly what we were doing ten years ago? But it's <laughs> yeah. it's changed it's changed its name now. It's just it's just yeah. called something different, um, mm -hmm. but it's basically exactly what we've always been doing. Um, mm -hmm. So yeah, hopefully they'll realise that. Um, teachers with experience um, may well be needed back in the um, in five ten years time. So maybe I'll get a fresh lease of life again once mm -hmm. I'm once I'm fifty eight rather than forty eight. <laughs> I have <laughs> we'll to see. say I don't know how to explain it, but um, in my old school I taught year six, and one of the teachers who was near retirement age. Uh, came in and she she read a story for a little bit to some of our children and I just felt like I was back in primary school 
Um, I don't know what it is. I think teachers from maybe a, a few generations before me had that, I don't know, a different teacher voice or there yeah, was just I, something about the way she read the book. I can't explain it. I felt yeah, like I, I was in I, 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 a child yeah, I'm, again. I'm, I'm just thinking of a, a one one afternoon in it was a I was in primary school I must have been eight or nine, mm. and our primary school teacher was had to go home ill in in the afternoon so someone just came in and mm. uh, I think the deputy head teacher came in and she just just you know without any sort of plan or anything she just got uh, George's marvelous medicine out mm-hmm. from the shelves rolled dolls yeah. and we didn't have copies of the book. We literally just sat there, and mm-hmm. she just read to us, and I was transfixed. So yeah. was, and then all we had to do was she got to the point where um, the medicine was just about to be poured down Granny's throat, and then mm. she stopped. She yeah. stopped, and we then had to carry the story on, and it worked perfectly fine. It was yeah. it was a great afternoon. And it was something that wasn't planned. It was something that was mm-hmm. sort of off the hoof, ad hoc. Yeah. And, it, and it worked absolutely well. But, again, everything has to be planned down to the, to the, yeah. last, to the last second almost, not even the last minute these days. Um, and I think English as a subject is the one subject where hooks can just work wonders. Absolutely, absolutely, well, this, yeah. I don't think it works as well in any other subject but English. Yeah, as I say, English. I've always loved the the, the creativity and the freedom and the, yeah. the fact that we can go off tangent a little bit because so many subjects are linked together, um, and it just. But as I say, it now I haven't got time to go off tangent. I must stick to the PowerPoint. Mm-hmm. I must stick to my timings. Um, but yep, it's it's certainly changed. Um, and we've got Sobia saying, uh, just when you were talking about whiteboards and technology, that it, it's a classic case of different generations it working together in the workplace. That's um, what I mean. Yeah, yeah I, mm-hmm. I, got to, I got to the point where I thought that I felt that someone with my experience um, was being treated disrespectfully, frankly, because they seemed to see me as... Um, you know, I'm I'm not the most technologically savvy. Um, because Again, because I was, you know, when I went to school, there wasn't any technology. When I trained, there wasn't any technology. Um, and mm-hmm. we're just expected to become a modern teacher. It takes me, it takes me quite a while to adapt and get used to new things. But the, um, but yeah, we're, we're just expected to just um, instantly be able to, to mm. do something that which which some people can do second nature but but mm. yeah us experienced teachers we seem to be being sort of forgotten about or pushed aside mm. um maybe we it's, just... it, it's a shame that both generations don't embrace each other because absolutely I'm, yeah, yeah i'm obviously. sure we could uh, yeah, all teach each other a bit you know yeah part of, that's why i love being um um, um an itt a, a, a student teacher mentor i used to love Mm. Training the training the students because not only could I nick their resources um, <laughs> and their lesson plans because they were much better than mine, but yeah. I could learn from them as well. I could yeah. I could see new ideas coming in, but that doesn't mean to say that ideas and things that I've been using that have been working well for years and years, they could also nick my ideas as well. Yeah, it it seems to me as I, I use the phrase in the book, teaching seems to be the only profession where 
the more experience you have, the less desirable you seem to be. Um, mm -hmm. And that's that's such a shame, I think. It's, as I say, I, I feel as though I could have a real uh, impact on a school, but to the point it's got to the point where I just don't want to anymore I'm quite happy just mm -hmm. doing a bit of supply work going into a school doing my job and then going back out without yeah. without all the hassle of the the marking and the planning and the data entry and the CPD and all the other stuff that goes with it um, uh, I, yeah. I'm not one to comment on this but Catherine said isn't it a frustrating situation that the official age of retirement is 67 I feel like by the time I get to retirement age I'm going to like die teaching a maths lesson yeah. but <laughs> that's yeah. a conversation for a few years time um, yeah if you are over 50 you'll often find it difficult to get appointed in a new role um, and I think Sobia said yes I, I think she's agreeing with you on the, the fact of older teachers and I, I don't know if you find as well I think the more experienced you get, the more kind of responsibilities you get given. Um, and yeah, sometimes yeah. I feel like I just want to teach my class. Yeah. If you see well, what, do you know what well, I mean? Yeah, exactly. I've, I've, I've never been particularly ambitious. I've never really, um, not to the point that I, you know, I didn't want to go up the pay scale or anything, but mm -hmm. I knew that if I got promoted, that would take me out of the classroom. I went. Mm -hmm. I became a teacher so that I could yeah. be, with, be yeah. with kids in a classroom, Absolutely. and yet, yeah. and yet, the, the the higher up, the more responsibility you have, the less the less time you actually have with the teachers. And so, I think mm -hmm. that I do think that there is um, a definite divide between SLT and the chalk face teachers. These mm -hmm. SLT quite often sometimes have forgotten what it's like to be a full time teacher with a full time table. Yeah. Every yeah. you know, in a secondary context, you know, five lessons a day, um, and we're expected to get from one classroom to another. If you if you're moving around classrooms, mm. and and then there's meant you know, as soon as you get in there, well, you 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 first of all, you're meant to get to the classroom first so that you can welcome and greet the students. Yeah, it's it's difficult because if you're on the other side of the school and you get there, and then you mm -hmm. get a black mark put against your name because you weren't stood at the door welcoming your students well that's because i haven't been to the toilet for three hours and i needed to <laughs> needed to nip to the toilet in between lessons yeah, yeah. It, 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 got, it got to the point where you felt as if you couldn't even nip to the toilet in between a lesson because the the class had to be welcomed again when mm -hmm. i went to school we never stood at we just came into the classroom the teacher was waiting for us there it, mm. didn't, it didn't seem to do any harm um Seems to be there's a lot of behaviour management techniques like all over the place these days. And yeah, I yeah. just, like I said, you know, I said to you, like, do you think children have changed? And I, I definitely think children have changed. And, you know, I don't think the children in my class uh, behave or learn, like, learn the way that I did. Um, Absolutely, yeah, yeah. And that's yeah. where kind of like even like children's well-being comes into play. And I know it's the key word at the moment, but like, like, Di saying that children's well-being needs to be prioritised more in schools and we're constantly, and this is the key word, I think, bombarding them with learning and giving yeah, no time I, to, pro I, to process yeah, it. Say, again, and that's I, the discussion, I, isn't it? I, I've mentioned in the book, uh, you, you to, especially in year 11, you know, we, mm. we, we, they're coming in year 7 in a secondary school and we start talking about GCSEs in year 7, mm -hmm. even though really? they're... You know, 
They're eleven-year-olds. Mm. You know, they're on mm. they're on a flight path. That's the that's the buzzword. Yeah. They're, they're on a that's learning journey, the flight yeah. path. So yeah. they're grade. You know, they're they're getting grades uh, in year seven mm-hmm. uh, that are that are on the GCSE scale. So they're they're at a, and frankly, if I was in year seven now, I wouldn't want to know that if I took the GCSE at this point, I'd only get a grade two. That's because mm. I'm only eleven years old. That's because I'm only yeah. seven. Of course, if I was, you know, forget it's quite about soul destroying, G- isn't it? Forget about GCSEs it, for the first three years. You know, a lot of schools these days um, um, are starting GCSEs in year nine as well now. So yeah. the pressure starts in year seven. Then it mm-hmm. gets to then it then once the GCSE course actually starts, they're bombarded with with uh, with assessments, which then becomes data, which then and if they if for some reason they haven't done quite as well in one half terms assessment, then everybody starts panicking and they they then have to have intervention put Interventions. on Interventions. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And it's like, do you know what? Maybe that kid was just wasn't Not on ready. it that day. You know? Think, and, yeah. and it gets to the yeah. point where in year eleven we we start going on at them in September about, you know, what they've got to achieve, their targets. And they get to their mock exams usually in sort of November, December time. A lot of schools are doing mock, mock exams at the moment. And mm-hmm. if they don't achieve their target, again, more interventions. So the the whole of their year 11 just becomes intervention after school sessions. And I can't blame them sometimes for getting to the point where they just think, do you know what, I've had enough. Yeah, and you, student. you see, you see yeah. students burn out. In, yeah, within the yeah. school year, you know, kids yeah. who started off year eleven, who were full of enthusiasm and full of hope and expectation, to the point where just when they need to be putting all this great practice into good use, they're burnt out by by mm-hmm. sort of March, April, and that's when they need to be. So in a way, we've we've got to sort of. Um, We've got to time it. We've got to pace them as well. We've got to not only we've got to pace ourselves as teachers, mm-hmm. because you know we all know just how how tough it can be, especially mm-hmm. this time of year with mm-hmm. uh, you know the weather and the coughs and colds, and mm-hmm. especially with, especially with the COVID. Um, COVID. Yeah, you know that that's had a huge effect. But I say pacing ourselves not only for our physical health but the mental health. You know, I always I always told my my um my year 11s that if they didn't quite meet their targets in in um in november or whatever it's it doesn't matter you've still got another six months to make mm-hmm. sure you get there but mm-hmm. again if they if they are a grade below or even two or three grades below where they apparently should be at this point then it's interventions and after school sessions and lunchtime sessions and sometimes even breakfast sessions yeah some kids, some kids are having breakfast sessions lunchtime sessions after school yes. sessions i know and, it, and, and a weekend they, session probably and then they've got a lot of homework to do in the evening it's no yeah. wonder that they burn out um you know mm-hmm. these aren't that they're not machines they can't yeah. just you can't just fill them with knowledge and you know they, yeah. they have emotions as well and they get frustrated mm. they get bored they get burnt out they get mm. annoyed they get they get excited but you know, it's 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 just the, the sort of the grind becomes uh, again the grind. We all know what it's like. It, it, sometimes it can feel like a daily grind. Yeah, but I I never felt like that when I was at school. But no, I didn't. Yeah, but no, yeah, you know, I used to love school. I loved every single day that I was there, and you know, mm-hmm. I I didn't I didn't see my exams as as um, 
as pressure. I, I don't know, maybe it's just the person I am, but I always found them um, a way of being able to prove that I'd understood and prove that I knew, knew how to take an exam. But again, mm. the pressure that we put on the, again, the, the pressure that maybe not we as teachers, but it comes from the government, then from the school, then from Ofsted and all the, and it, mm. it, it filters down to the teachers and then onto the kids. And they, they do burn out and they do get to the point where they're like, oh, stuff this, I can't be bothered anymore. Yeah. And and just at the point where they're where we need them to be, you know, peak performing, they're yeah. burning out and they're they're giving up because yeah. you know because of the pressure that they've been put under since from year seven, and mm. I can completely understand why. I think I think pressure is the key word there, isn't it? And um, I just wanted to, uh, if you don't mind, go to a little news break, and then I, yep, I'm thinking may, maybe if we could ask the difficult question of uh how are you rebuilding that love for the profession or do you want to rebuild the love for the profession um yeah that's fine, uh, that's fine. yeah i'm just gonna go to a quick news break and then we'll be back i'm just gonna okay. mute you for a few minutes Thank you. all right thanks this is teachers talk radio and this is teachers talk radio news with megan goods This is your latest Teachers Talk Radio News. A House of Commons report on teacher recruitment has highlighted the ongoing shortage of school staff. The report noted a key factor behind this was the heavy workload shouldered by teachers and school leaders. A 2018 survey from TALIS found teachers were working 49.3 hours a week on average, above the OECD average of 41 hours a week. Full-time primary teachers reported 52.1 hours of work a week on average, placing England higher than any other participating country except Japan. 53% of primary and 57% of secondary teachers felt their workload was unmanageable. The report from the Commons points to the new early career framework, including a second year with 5% off timetable time as their solution. That was your latest Teachers Talk Radio News. So just to bring you back in, Nick, I thought we'd uh, kind of move on to how are you rebuilding that love for, for the for, for English teaching and I guess for teaching as a as a career? Do you do you want to rebuild that love um, as well? Yeah, well, well, do you, back, do you miss parts of it? Yeah, absolutely. Back back in May when I went when I went off sick and um, I realised I couldn't do this anymore. My, my wife just mm. sort of said, "Look, just just hand your notice in and we'll we'll." Sort. And at that point and for the next couple of months I was that was it for me I was not going to be a teacher anymore mm. I'd, I'd, I'd had enough but <laughs> then I started to um, think about uh, so obviously I, I still got paid until the end of August until when my contract ran out but then mm-hmm. um, I was I'd, I'd looked around I'd thought of other jobs so I wanted some sort of complete change in career but 
then I, you know, when I, when it came down to it, I'd have to retrain, which I can't, you know, I can't really afford to do. Um, mm-hmm. And the jobs that I was only getting offered because I, I, I was, I'm, I'm sort of overqualified for lots of jobs. Um, so the only sort of thing that I was, that, that was available to me was sort of low paid, long hours, which again, you know, every respect to anybody who do who does these jobs, but um, it just seemed easy. I could just go back into supply and just, just test the water, I suppose, just dip mm-hmm. my toe back in with, but, but with the, with the prospect of being more in control as in, I can choose which schools I can go into, mm-hmm. um, uh, especially at the moment with COVID. There's so many sort of staff abs- absences yes. that, yeah. that, that in, a, in a way, it's a good time to be a supply teacher because, you, as I say, you can you can pick and choose the schools. Mm-hmm. Um, what one week, a few weeks ago, I had um, I had a choice of five schools to go into, wow. um, <laughs> and so I, I basically picked the the nicest one, um, <laughs> and. Yeah, in a way, as I say, I'm, I'm going into schools now um, and without that pressure of being watched, being observed, having my having my work scrutinised or having my results analysed in any way, I can just go in, I can sit and chat with the kids as well as teaching them, obviously, but the pressure's mm-hmm. just not there and I can I can leave at the end of the day without knowing that, I've got three sets of books to mark over the weekend. <laughs> um, again, it, it, it's it's quite a lonely profession sometimes being a supply yeah. teacher because you you know you don't really know you're not part of anything really. Um, you know you sort of sit there in the staff room on your own and you might get chatting to someone. But I'm really enjoying it actually. Um, again, it's it's I'm rediscovering my my um, my sparkle. I think. That's, that's, one of, not, yeah. that's one of my agents so I can see that spark, <laughs> I can see that your sparkles coming back um what, what do you think prompted it to come back um I don't know I, I think it was just that that, that weight that was lifting yeah. I, again I, I mentioned in my book about how it felt as if I was for the last few years it felt like I was hanging off the edge of a cliff sort of uh, on the precipice I was clinging on for dear life um, and the people who I felt should be helping me were the very ones who were trying to stamp on my fingers and trying to, or put weights on my legs to try and pull me under. And mm-hmm. um, again, without that sort of that pressure, I can, I can, I just feel more liberated. Um, mm-hmm. The kids, it may, maybe, maybe the kids are enjoying my lessons at the moment because I'm enjoying it again. Maybe. Yeah. Maybe that was all part of it, the fact that mm-hmm. if I wasn't enjoying it, then the kids weren't and going to enjoy my lessons. And, you know, it becomes a vicious circle then where where they don't enjoy it, so they become grumpy and, and so mm. I didn't enjoy it. And then they, you know, it just became, uh, as I say, like a vicious circle. But without all the, without all the, um, the, the pressure and the, the burden of, uh, quite frankly, some of the unnecessary things that, don't add anything to mm. to a student's well-being or a student's progress. It just seems like we were we were being made to do pointless and meaningless things for the wrong reasons, just to just to jump through the hoops and to to fill in the the data for the sake of it. For 
as someone else has said on the, on the messages, not not for the kids' sake, but for mm-hmm. the for the school's data. sake, the data, the Ofsted results. Um, but yeah, I'm I'm going in with with I'm starting to enjoy it again now. You know, I'm getting up, mm-hmm. looking forward to it because there was a time when, you know, you I'd be waking up at three, four o'clock in the morning, and literally dreading what I would have to do that day. Um, yeah. And you'd lie there, you'd be, you know, you'd be tossing and turning, and uh, it was the loneliest time because you know you were there, mm-hmm. you had to deal with it by yourself. But as I say, I'm, it was affecting my sleep, it was affecting my mental health, my physical health. Mm-hmm. Now I'm I'm sleeping like a baby every night. <laughs> um, I'm I'm getting up. You know, it's it's still a as as you get older, it's still quite hard to get out of bed and get going. <laughs> But yes. but I'm getting going much quicker, and once I get to school, I'm there, and I, and yeah. and I think I've taught some uh, really really great lessons. And some of the kids who've who I've taught, they've been like, "Sir, sir, that was great. Why can't you be? Our, why can't you be our normal teacher? Um, mm-hmm. You know, have you ever thought of being a teacher at this school?" I says, "Well, <laughs> I, you know, a school a school I've been working in this week. I used to teach there 23 years ago." So, really? Yeah, so I've, in a way it's come, gone full circle. I've gone back to uh, one of my first schools that I taught in, um, mm. and it's lovely. Um, mm. And But the kids ask me, why don't you become a teacher? And I just say, do you know what? I don't want to anymore. I'm enjoying mm. what I'm doing now. Um, yeah. But again, if we could just get rid of some of those... Those pressures. Uh, those pressures, those restrictions, mm. those, those meaningless sort of tasks that we all know we, we all know what i'm talking about you know the things that you mm-hmm. just think i'm not doing this for anybody else's benefit except uh the school and ofsted and you know the data and it's again it's that's not what i went into teaching for so so i am discovering again um a real passion for the job and a love for the job um Absolutely. now we'll see what i've been i've been booked in to be a long-term supply teacher between Christmas okay. and Easter. So I was going to say, what do you see happening next? Well, like well, next I, in, in a way, I'm, I'm at the moment. So for this this term, since September, I've just been sort of going in, sort of mm-hmm. couple, couple of weeks here, a week there, um, you know, a few odd days somewhere else, and it's been lovely because you know you you know that you, you do you've done your job, you've earned your money for the day, and you can just go so. And you can go home for the day, uh, for the evening, and enjoy your mm-hmm. evening. You know, it, it's my mm-hmm. wife's noticed it. You know, I'm, instead yeah. of coming, instead of coming home and being angry and stressed, um, I, I I really do feel as if I'm sort of gaining my life back. But we'll mm-hmm. see how that goes in in uh, <laughs> in January because if I'm, I'll be expected to mark again. I'll be expected to plan. Mm-hmm. I'll be expected to, but to, but only to a point. You know, if if I'm mm-hmm. only if I'm only on supply, I'm being I'm being paid by the hour rather than I'm not on a salary. Mm-hmm. So I can't be expected to do the amount of marking, you know, mm. I'll, I'll use free periods and that, but that's why mm. I gave up teaching. I don't want to be using my, you know, we've all been there. We've all been marking mm-hmm. till 10, 11 o'clock yeah. at night. We all, we all know that, that Sunday feeling. Yeah, um, I, I guess. I, do, do do you feel like sorry? You have like that freedom again. Oh, absolutely! Like I've got I've teaching. got I've got my yeah. weekend. Uh, not only in terms of my and, per- personal, I've got my weekends back. I've yeah. got my, you know, I used to 
come on on a Friday and that was it. I'm not doing anything else now mm. until Sunday. So I'd have Friday evening off. I wouldn't do, even if I knew that I probably should do, I had to sort of train myself. No, I'm having a day off. I'm not doing anything mm. on, on Saturday. But that meant that I knew just how much I'd have to do on the Sunday. So the the Sunday feeling would start to kick in on Saturday. Mm-hmm. Um, and so the Saturday feeling would come in, knowing that my whole day would be taken yeah. with planning and marking. Um, but yeah, personally, in a, in a in a personal way, I'm I'm getting more freedom. As I say, I've got my evenings, I've got my weekends free. But in terms mm-hmm. of teaching as well, you know, as I say, mm-hmm. I just I, I'm just given uh, work, some powerpoints. Sometimes it's just a question of handing out worksheets, and the kids are getting on with it, and I can go mm-hmm. around and help. I can yeah. I can sit there at the front. I can just simply chat to them because we all know that if uh, if you set work uh, for a cover teacher, it doesn't always get done <laughs> completely. And mm-hmm. I think you'd be foolish to expect it to be done uh, mm-hmm. in the in exactly the same way as you would teach it yourself. So, you know, when it comes down to it, a teacher who's off, all they're bothered mm-hmm. about is that the, <laughs> the, 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 the class of doing something useful they're not messing about they're not throwing things at each other and, and fighting but they mm-hmm. and yeah. so yeah i've you know like the other day the, the the lesson that i was given it frankly lasted the the resources the materials lasted for half an hour so i had half an hour left and yeah. well, i bet you loved that yeah absolutely <laughs> i said you know what Let, yeah. let's just do something that so i found yeah. something on my, found something on my pen drive we just mm. had fun. We had fun. We yeah. played some word games. We played, yeah. you know, it was, it wasn't, it wasn't, I, I wasn't just, you know, letting them mess about. We were yeah, doing no, something absolutely. useful. And, a kid, yeah. and, and, the, and today, so that happened the other day, Tuesday, and a girl came up to me today and said, sir, that was a great lesson the other day. Can mm-hmm. we, can we do that again? Uh, so yeah. like, well, she says, all we did was play games. And I said, well, no, we didn't just play games. So, uh, <laughs> They were educational games, but we yes, we yeah. made learning fun. Enjoyable, and, yeah. That, that's, that's it, isn't it? Make yeah. learning fun again. Yeah, yeah, and that's 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 partly why I gave up because I, yes, I, yeah. I just wasn't – it wasn't fun anymore. All the fun yeah. seemed to have been taken over by targets and data and, you know, you know what mm-hmm. I'm talking about. Um, yeah, absolutely. But, yeah, yeah. I, can feel, I can feel that this – this spark is coming back into into my teaching. Mm. Now I don't know how long I'll carry on supply for it. It may well be until I retire. I don't know. Um, yeah. It, but as I say, it may well come to the point where where I feel ready to go back into it again. I'll, I'll as I say, I'll dip my I'll dip my toe in the water after Christmas. Mm-hmm. Um, but if I feel the same pressures dragging me down, I, I know the triggers now. I know what sort of yeah. I, yeah. You know, I, I know what's happening with my mind um, now that it's sort of happened twice before. And if as soon as that starts to happen again, I've got the I've got the um, the freedom to just say, Do you know what? Sorry, yes. but I've, Sorry. I'm, yeah. I'm I'm going to have to leave this and and uh, and go to another school or something. But there is that sort of that freedom in in the sense that. You know, if you don't like a school, you don't have to go back. Um, mm. If you, you know, if if you've got a certain class that you um, are struggling with, then you know that it's only for a few days or a few weeks or whatever. That was part of it. My, my last mm. my last year, I had a 
a nightmare year nine group. And Oh, no. Yeah, year nines can be difficult. Um, <laughs> year nines can be very difficult. And, mm-hmm. you know, my, my, my week ended with year nine last thing on a Friday. Oh, my, no. My Monday started with double year nine on them. So, oh, so my, oh, my, my whole week would end with, uh, yeah, with, this, with this chaos of my year nine group. Mm. Um, who I, you know, I tried my best with. Some lessons worked. Some days you you felt as mm-hmm. if you were making progress, and then then it'd be two steps forward, three steps back, and yeah. and then one step forward, one step back, and and then you then so after the experience on a Friday evening, I'd be thinking the whole weekend, and it, it, it'd get to me. You know, I, I've now got to yeah. do that again with a double lesson on the Monday. So yeah. by the end of stuck Monday... In, stuck in a rut, aren't you? Yeah, exactly. By, by the end of Monday, mm-hmm. I felt absolutely shattered. and I'd, I'd already done yeah. one, one day of the week. One day. <laughs> yeah, and it's only I, Monday. I think, I think, like you said, just kind of to, to conclude, it's like as teachers, we have to remember to, to feel the spark and to, to look for those moments of joy in the profession because, you know, like you say, it is, it's such a pressurised profession, Um and uh, we have to remember why we do it. And yeah, uh, yeah. That, uh, in a way, in a way, right? In a way, writing my book was therapeutic for me. It was I was going to say, yeah, it was quite cathartic. I was, I was yes, looking, yeah. I was looking back over my career. Um, I sort of, I've, I've sort of called it my love letter to teaching, despite yes. it, despite it breaking my heart. Um, yes. but I, I did. I, I love, I love my job, and I love what it used to be and what hopefully it could mm. be again um it's, I, I get that warm feeling in my stomach um yeah absolutely and, you, know, like, you we, know when, when we, you see we, a spark in a kid yeah or something's yeah, gone well yeah. And it's, again you if, have to have a lot you, you want to feel that a lot not just limited times you know can I just read another couple of extracts? So I've just put yeah. oh. uh, earlier early on in the book, at its best, teaching can be so exhilarating, knowing that you are making a small difference to a child, enhancing their mm. life and ultimately making the world a better place. I've never mm. laughed so much as when I've been in a classroom. I've never, yes. felt, I've never felt so fulfilled and so grateful to be privileged to do the job in the first place. It's given me some truly wonderful moments. Moments which I will never forget for all the right reasons. Um, mm. But, as I say, but recently it's felt as though I've been constantly trying to keep my head above water during a storm with the very mm. people who are meant to throw me a life jacket being the ones who are tying weights to my legs, making it impossible mm-hmm. to continue to stay afloat. Um, again, I'll just read one from the, the, towards the end of the book. Um, yeah, sure, give, give, us, give us one to finish us off. <laughs> Sorry, I'll just find it now. No, that's all right. Just thinking. How how do we avoid this this teacher burnout, and how do we continue to feel the spark? I think. I'm not sure how you ended off the book. How did you conclude? How do you how do you conclude the situation in education? So I've just put. Sorry. Should have found no, that's these okay. yeah. That's all um, right. Yeah, um, I think uh, we, we've got to look for those sparks in, in amongst all the pressures that we face. Um, um, as I say, it's it's about bringing some sort of fun back into the whole system. Um, yeah, I think so. You know, I'm not saying that we should all be, you know, having fun and laughter. Lots of my lessons have been 
dull have been boring. <laughs> you know, that's yeah. how that's what teaching is. Sometimes you have to teach some things that are really quite boring. Pre- preparing kids for exams isn't the most interesting thing. Teaching them how to use the apostrophe properly is is frustrating, um, and it's not particularly interesting. But um, you can do it in a certain way. And I've just felt that, I don't know, in the last few years, the laughter that would come out of my classroom, mm-hmm. instead of it being seen as something something great, something um, s- something that's, that's a good thing, it, it was seen as, well, why, why, why are they laughing? That must, yeah. mean, that, must, that must mean they're not learning if they're laughing. But, mm. you know, I'd say it's the other way around. They can still learn. They can, um, yeah. I don't learn, know. Learn the, the, way <laughs> I say, the way I saw it was that if, if they can't enjoy my subject, then, it, then they can at least enjoy my lessons. Um, yeah, that's an interesting and, way to put it. And if they enjoy my lessons, then they're more likely to try to then enjoy the subject. But, yeah. again, if there's no sort of enjoyment, then um, for me... It's not going to happen, and if I can't get that across to the kids, um, then it's going to be it's going to be difficult for the kids to enjoy it as well. Um, yeah, I think right. I think that's a good 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 point. Just just to end on there, Nick is uh, at least if if they can enjoy the lesson, maybe they don't love the subject, but you yeah, know, they and, can and as I say, get some inspiration in the lesson. Te- teachers yeah. remember teachers remember. Uh, sorry, students remember teachers not because of the brilliant starter that they gave or what a a brilliant can you remember can you remember that teacher what a brilliant plenary he used to do oh i I used to i used to so look forward to his lessons because his 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 do it now or starter activities were so engaging no no. kids kids want personalities um kids have all got separate personalities but it felt like that the that my personality was being um, molded into what what the powers that be wanted it to be, rather than allowing yeah. me allowing me to be me. Um, yeah. And if they should trust me to be to be the teacher I am and to to do the yeah. job that I've I've been doing for years and years. And if they can't yeah. if they can't trust me, then then I don't really want to be yeah, part of it that's, anymore. Yeah, well, that's a great way to to end it off. And I I agree with you. I think kids don't remember plenaries or because kids definitely don't remember worksheets. No, exactly, would, uh, exactly. They, rem- on, they remember so, they remember yeah. something that a teacher said or something that a teacher yes, did. Yeah. Um, yeah. Can am I allowed to just give the book a plug? Uh, sure. Yeah. That's yes. Yeah. So that's so a... it's so if you follow if you follow me on tw- Twitter, just type in Nick Field. But if you if you type in um, and into Amazon, just put Diary of a Wimpy Teacher on Amazon. It's um, eleven ninety nine, um, and hopefully as i say it should it it'll it'll open up a few eyes to the teaching profession but also hopefully make you realize what a brilliant job it it, it can be it was and hopefully could be again so yeah. hopefully there's a lot of laughter in there as well i know yeah. that, i know plenty of colleagues who've who've read it who've uh, who've said they know exactly what i was getting at and um and they've 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 been laughing out loud whilst they're reading it, as well as making mm. them think and making them reflect on their own, on their own 
profession and, uh, and whether they want to to carry on yeah. in, in this environment so thank you thank well you. yeah thank you very much nick and uh, i hope you'll find the spark again and hopefully uh, we can all have give us a bit of a giggle along the way thank so, you very uh, much yeah yeah well i'm, I'm getting there and just just doing things like this is bringing my spark back as well so thank yeah, you thank you for that's all th- right cheers yeah go on yeah thank no no worries thank you nick um thanks yeah so i think like i've always said in the beginning i said like teacher talk is uh, always really important that we that we talk to each other and we let off steam a little bit and we don't leave everything at the door we bring it in with us so i did promise you a little bit more information about leanne's list so when i mentioned snack time or what am i thinking of so when do you snack what time do you snack and do you have a favorite teacher snack and I always find that when I am hungry, there's no food in the staff room. When I'm not hungry, it's like full of cakes and biscuits. So like, are you a teacher that snacks throughout the day? My old TA used to think I was a bit of a guinea pig because I'd always be having a little nibble of a cracker in the cupboard. Um, so like teachers and snacks, I do think those two things go together quite strongly. Um, and uh, they can a cracker can give me a little bit of joy throughout the day if I am like needing a bit of a carbohydrate boost. So talking about uh, teacher burnout and uh, teacher sparks, I think that's a, a, a funny one to uh, add onto the list. Um, do you have lesson memories? So I know I was in school a long time ago, but I always remembered this one lesson about protective packaging and we posted this was high school and we posted off a biscuit and we had to choose protective packaging so I actually redid that lesson with my year twos and they loved it so I always wondered do teachers have uh, lessons that they remember from when they were in school and have you like magpied lessons from when you were a pupil and I mentioned about uh, lockdown burnout and apparently there are stockbrokers in the city who uh, have burnt out during lockdown and they are being given unlimited paid leave. So guys, you heard it first here on Teachers Talk Radio, unlimited paid leave for stockbrokers in the city. If you need a career change, I think you know where to go to now. Um, Yes, uh, Sylvia said, yes, English, trapped in a school. Also, Mr Thomas was so good at teaching Pygmalion. Yeah, so there's just some lessons we remember. Um, and like I said, like we were talking about with Nick, teacher, children don't remember worksheets. Children remember like experiences in the classroom. So um, that's definitely one trapped in a school. And I, I did um, the great classroom mess up in year one, where I literally just like messed up the classroom, trashed it a little bit with some colourful feathers and some teddy bears, made it uh, key stage one-ish um, and dressed up as Queen Victoria in history. And I think children whilst often want them to remember facts, I think children and humans in general remember experiences. So, um, you know, protective biscuit packaging, that must have been an experience for me because I have always remembered it. Um, And I think we talked about this at the beginning, but just to touch on it a little bit, you know, do you ever think about how school is different these days? And just a funny story is that uh, we, you know, interactive whiteboards, they're everywhere in schools now. So, I was once trying to convince a year six child that when I was in school, we didn't have interactive whiteboards. Um, We had even the next thing up from Nick and it was actually a rolling whiteboard. So you could roll it and you had a chalkboard and you could roll it and you had a whiteboard. And I just have to say, I love that while I'm explaining this to you, I'm like rolling the whiteboard down like I used to do uh, in lockdown. I would uh, point to things on my computer screen. Not that anybody could see what I was pointing to, but that's the teacher in me. (laughs) Not even thinking about it. I'm just showing it to you in front of my microphone um 
The extra useless teacher phrase that I thought I'd add on add into the mix is make sure you leave early today. Uh, who's heard that from a head teacher or someone in SLT? And I think, yeah, but next week you're going to do a book scrutiny and you told me to leave early today, so I didn't mark my English. But, you know, catch 22 there. Um, and then there's the good old phrase that I did say last week, but I wanted to add something onto it. So, <laughs> so Sobby is having a laugh saying, typical. Yeah, absolutely typical. Go home early today, Leanne. Like, yeah, but I have books to mark. No, go home early. Okay, sure. We'll leave that one there. Um, uh, and I think, like, when we were in high school, I do remember the phrase, it'll look good on your CV when they wanted us to, to join in with activities and especially in like year 10 and year 11. So I kind of think they both fall under the banner of persuasive language. Is that persuasive language? I don't know. Are there any English teachers in the room listening or what do you think? It's for Ofsted. It'll look good on your CV. Any persuasive language in there? I don't know. Is Ofsted a persuasive word now? Does that fall under persuasive language, guys? Not quite sure. Um, so yeah. Uh, it's been a great show. Thank you for listening in. Hope you've enjoyed it. I thought I would just do a little bit of a guest roundup, really, because I've um, been on the air now for a, quite a few shows. Um, oh, Misty said mine was the national record of achievement, something that she's remembered from primary school. Um, and Sobia said, I say that. Oh my gosh, I should stop. <laughs> I think at the heart of it, I guess if SLT are saying that to you, they mean well, but. Um, in your head you are always thinking like I'd love to go home now but I have marking to do and prep to do so sometimes you uh you've got to balance out the, the mental well-being and I guess the self-care with um a kind word from a member of SLT so I thought just before I go off the air today I would round up a few of my favorite comments from guests that I've had um in previous shows um just to end the show on a, a light a light note I know we've been talking teacher burnout and I know we all feel it but I think it's nice uh my plenary will hopefully stay with you um until next weekend um and Sobia said actually I think students and staff are both important and that's who we should look after um absolutely definitely great another great comment to end on so um I've done a lot of shows about talk um and about teacher well-being and children's well-being and um one of the first shows that I did was about how to help children when they're maybe in those emotional states. And we had the acronym of CARE, um, C-A-R-E. So the first one is C, so check the child is okay. Um, apply some non-judgmental questions. Respond to the child in the best way possible and kind of encourage them to, to move past the situation. So we thought that was quite an interesting one. You know, I love, I like to have things that you can leave the show with and maybe try them out in class or things that might make you feel better about how you are teaching and um that kind of uh, that kind of thing so another thing that kind of goes hand in hand with that acronym is to find different ways to look at things and I know I get stuck in a writing class sometimes um like we've said before on the show it can be quite a lonely profession so sometimes it's good to kind of step out of the picture a little bit and look at situations from a different angle and I find that sometimes when I walk out of the classroom or go for lunch or go for a break and I can walk away from the situation I can look at it in a different way following on from that I think be realistic one of my guests said that be realistic find time for teacher chat you know this is a great show, great, sorry, great radio station. And we're all here to have a chat. And I think we're all, a lot of us in the same boat in the education system. So that's why I love a bit of teacher therapy, bit of teacher chit chat, just to know that we're not alone. 
Um, and there's other people out there going through the same thing. So other teachers, TAs, so many people in education. Um, and I just think it's so important that we're there for each other and that we listen to each other. Um, the next thing, moving on from self-care and well-being, is uh, talk. And I always think talk is really important. Um, and we had a great guest on recently from the CLPE talking about um, picture books and also uh, Oracy 21 talking about talk, basically. So a lot of talk about talk. Um, and it was about inspiring interaction between children and it not just being about the writing um, and it really being about the talk as well and talking before writing and um, visual literacy, teaching for creativity, making sure that that spark is there, that we feel the spark just as much as the children feel the spark. And I think that's really important. And um, a really interesting show was we were talking about picture books um, and understanding the value of picture books. And the way I explained it to my reception children and also my reception parents is that we shouldn't only read the words in books, we also have to read the pictures. And that is just such an important skill. And I'm so passionate about children being able to read the pictures. So that was a really interesting comment for me. And I, I teach it a lot. I think you can get a lot of comprehension, a lot of understanding, even more so from pictures than you can sometimes from words. And it's a little less scarier to talk about the pictures sometimes for some children than it is to talk about the words because anybody can read a picture um, not anybody can read words but definitely I think anybody can uh, can read a picture um, also following on from that I think it's important in terms of writing that and this came along um, when we talked about um, picture books and how to teach using picture books and I think it's very important in school that we bring lessons out of the classroom and in terms of writing and literacy and even science, math, so many subjects, you can bring it into real life. Um, and I was having a chat with um, a girl in year four the other day, um, which brought me to the conclusion of it's important that we teach children how real authors write because she was saying, oh, I don't like planning. You know, I have all these ideas in my head and I just want to write them down into a story. And I said, well, actually, that's a first draft and that could be considered a plan, just getting all those ideas down. So I think it's really important that we bring the real world into the classroom or the classroom into the real world. Um, so that is kind of my roundup of the guests I've had on the show so far um, and I hope you've enjoyed listening in I hope that you can feel the spark in your teaching um, and look for those moments of joy they are there there are lots of them sometimes there's only a few um, and that's why I think it's important that we all just talk to each other as teachers and we have that dialogue amongst each other because I think teaching is a hard profession to understand if you are not in it. So hopefully you're all in it. To, we're all in it together. Um, and it's been lovely having you on the show. Thank you for joining in. Thank you for chatting to me and thank you for listening in. So don't forget to tune in a bit later on for our next show, the late show. And to tune in again next Thursday for the next Twilight show. So have a lovely rest of the week, guys. And you're doing amazing. It is nearly Christmas. We will, we will make it. So don't forget to feel the spark and look for those moments of joy. See you next week. It's been lovely talking to you guys. And uh, yeah, have a lovely week. See you next week. <laughs>